Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for Scripture. We thank you that you speak to us as it is read to us and as we read it. And we thank you for this morning. Lord, there may have been some things in these Scriptures that have spoken to us already, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to us on this day. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and that you would speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, um, a 19th century cemetery in London had an unexpected uh, discovery. It was noticed by somebody who was the groundskeeper of the cemetery that a wallaby had actually come to be a part of the cemetery and to somehow seek shelter or a home. And if, if you know your wallabies, um, they're from, you know, Australia, New Guinea, but there are some populations in places like the, the UK. And as you can see, they are part of the kangaroo family and kind of cute if I do say so myself. But as to where the wallaby came from, in the middle of, of North London, of all places, It was a mystery to so many people. Even the local zoo had said they didn't have any reports of any missing animals. But here was was this wallaby that just kind of showed up in this old 19th century cemetery. And it causes the question, where'd the little feller come from? Where was he journeying from? Where was he journeying to? What was his journey like? Had he wandered somewhere and gotten lost and is no longer with his family or those who he was um, kind of doing life with. Like, like wh- where was he coming from and how did he end up in this little um, cemetery in London? Maybe he was scared. Maybe, maybe the wallaby had a sense of fear in the midst of his journey. Maybe the wallaby felt that he was in danger Maybe his family wondered where he was, if wallabies are capable of thinking of such things. I don't know. But the question this morning is, have you ever wandered? Have you ever wandered off into a place where you didn't know where you were? Or have you ever wandered off into a place where you didn't expect to be, and all of a sudden you came to and thought to yourself, how did I get here? How have I gotten to this place in my own life? Maybe you used to feel connected to God, but, but now, maybe not so much. Maybe life is out of whack and there's no desire to grow in your faith or no desire to really be at church even though you're here anyway. And as this wallaby wandered into a cemetery, maybe you feel like you've wandered into a spiritual cemetery in your own life. And spiritually, maybe you feel like you're dead or close to death. Why is it that we wander? Why is it that we stray? After all, we know it's good to kind of stay in the saddle, as we've been talking about, getting back in the saddle of Christian discipleship, and it's good to get back in the saddle and do the will of God in our lives. We know it's good to, to love God. We know it's good to love our neighbors. We know it's good to, to be able to forgive. 
We know that's a good thing. We know it's good to, to be people who pick out the log in our own eye before we look at the speck in someone else's eye. We know it's good to be able to forgive. But gosh, it is so tempting to get off the horse and to do things that are going directly against the teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And looking more closely, we can see that this is our nature, even from the beginning. This is, this is kind of ingrained within us as we even go back to the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis when God created Adam and Eve and they were in paradise and there was that kind of one rule in the midst of perfection surrounding them, do not eat from this tree. And of course, many of us know how that turned out. They ate the forbidden fruit and, and disobeyed what God had asked them to do and that was their choice even though there was temptation they still decided. And this story is a picture of what humanity can be at times. If we all obeyed the teachings of Jesus, this world would be like heaven on earth. It would be what God desires. But sadly, we know many people who do not obey the teachings of Jesus, including ourselves, including Christians, including those in the church. All of us are guilty of this. Scripture, in fact, teaches us that all have fallen short, all have disobeyed, all have missed the mark, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And doing wrong and disobeying doesn't really have to even be taught, does it? I find myself weekly learning this with a two-year-old. As I'll be outside and I'll say, all right, uh, sweetie, it's time to go inside for dinner. No, Daddy, a couple more minutes. Thinking, first of all, where did you learn to say a couple more minutes? I don't even understand. They're like, they're like sponges. I probably said that somewhere, and, and she heard it. Or this week, as I'm in the bathroom getting ready, and she walks by early in the morning. She gets out of bed and walks down the hallway, and I say, good morning, sweetie. And she just looks at me with frizzy hair and says, no. <laughs> I'm thinking, all right. Um, sheesh, what is going on with you this morning? But even as a two-year-old, we can see and learn that there's imperfections, that there's moodiness, that, there's, that, that, that there's, there's something off even with two-year-olds, and there's a temptation to do what is wrong. There's a temptation, and, and sometimes even little ones give in to those temptations, and, and I see it. So it, it's somewhat a part of who we are as well, and we're beautifully created in the image of God but we're not perfect either in this moment. That image is still there, but we certainly have some work to do in our own lives and in our own discipleship. We still have a yearning to do what we know is wrong sometimes, even though the image of God is within us. We still have a temptation to sin. As Psalm 119 reminds us, as Jordan read this morning, this is one of the longest psalms there is. And, you know, I didn't ask him to read the whole thing because it would have been over 175 verses, and we still would be sitting here listening, although it was a wonderful reading. Thank you. Yeah. But most likely, you know, this is written after the, um, what, what scholars call the post-exilic era, after the, the, the exile of, um, uh, to Babylon when the Babylonians took over um, and forced uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, uh, to exile, and they stayed together in the midst of that. So certainly this psalmist has seen evil, 
and has been around evil. But in the midst of that, the psalmist, the person who wrote this psalm, is still saying that God is their refuge. And at the beginning of the Scripture, we see the psalmist coming before God with a broken spirit as a prayer is offered. But in the midst of the, in that brokenness, there is still praise. The psalmist says, my lips will pour forth your praise. My tongue will sing of your promise. The psalmist is one who longs for rescue and wants to live a life that praises God. But yet in the midst of this prayer and praise, we still remember how there's also a sense of brokenness. As the psalmist says, I have gone astray. They know the Lord's promises. They know God's commandments. But still in the midst of that, the psalmist says, I have gone astray. Like a lost sheep, I have wandered. I have gone astray. And, and, and the prayer of the psalmist is that God would come and seek him out. Seek me out, Lord. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Please come and seek me out and find me. Can you share anything in common with the psalmist this morning? Thousands of years ago, this was written. And yet we can still relate. People have been feeling like this throughout history. And we're not alone in the midst of that feeling. Have you ever felt like that sheep that has gone astray? Or maybe perhaps you feel like that today. And life's brought you a lot here recently and it's caused you to maybe stumble. Or maybe it's caused you to wander. And this sense of feeling like you've strayed from God is, is nothing new. As I've said, it's been with people for as long as people have been around. This isn't new. But I know for me, sometimes it feels like I go astray or I'm tempted to go astray. And I can't speak for you, but only for myself. But I have a feeling that, that you can relate to know what it feels like to stray, to go away. As the old hymn tells us, prone to wander. It's like we're, we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God that I love. There's something within us that, that wanders, that strays from the path. But you know, the word gospel means good news. So there's got to be good news in this. Because wandering is not fun. Being spiritually lost is not fun. So we need some good news in the midst of it. And the good news is that we don't have to keep living this way. We don't have to keep straying away from the saddle of Christian discipleship. We don't have to keep getting off the saddle. You know, sometimes in those movies with horses and things, you'll, somebody will fall off the, the horse and the horse maybe will keep going and you'll just see the person with nothing. And sometimes spiritually that's what we feel like. Maybe we've fallen off the horse and now we're lost and we're straying away. And maybe our prayer, like the psalmist, is that God would come and seek after us. But we don't have to keep straying away from the saddle. And by God's grace, we have the gift of the local church. We have the gift of Scripture. We have the gift of other people. And by God's grace, God calls us today to get back in the saddle. God says, come, come on home. God is calling all of us to come and to get back in the saddle, especially those of us who feel like we have been led astray and off the path because sin leads to death. But Jesus conquered sin and death in his death and resurrection. 
And while we were yet sinners, as Scripture teaches us, Christ has died for us. And now we get to be people who grow in grace and strive to be people who follow the teachings of Jesus each and every day. So what statement I want us to kind of focus on this morning and to remember as we leave this place is this, is that when we stray and get off pace, God calls us home with love and grace. When, when we are people who stray and when we get off the pace that God has called us on, God still calls us home with love and grace. There is a future for you. There is a hope for you. God is full to the brim with love and grace, and God is filled with joy to call you home. God is filled with joy to say, come, my daughter, my son, come and get back in the saddle. Come and get back into my arms. I saw a story recently this summer of a, a baseball player for the New York Mets, uh, Isan Diaz. And some of you may have seen this where uh, he was up to bat and he had just been kind of called up to the major leagues and his mom and dad were in the crowd that day. And uh, while the son was batting, the father was being interviewed in the stands. And um, for sure enough, as the, as the father was being interviewed, the son uh, has his first ever major league hit, you know, where he gets on base. And it wasn't just a hit, it was like a 420-some foot home run. So as you can imagine, the father is like losing his mind in the middle of this interview because he's so filled with joy. I thought you'd like to see it yourself. Finally tonight, America's strong. The dad who was already proud, his son made the major leagues. And then this. 23-year-old Isan Diaz of the Miami Marlins was making his major league debut. Marlins, sorry. Before the game, the second baseman greeting his family who traveled from Springfield, Massachusetts to watch him play against the Mets. His father, Raul, giving an interview during the sixth inning. He deserved every, everything that he's gotten to this point here. And then this. Is this an emotional day for you? Very, very emotional. Oh, 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 oh. Isan's first big league hit, a 422-foot home run. Isan, sunglasses on and two thumbs up. After the game, a home run on the books and a big hug from dad. Yep, that'll make a dad proud. Made us proud too. I'm David Muir. Have a good evening. Good night. So in the midst of a home run, you see a dad who is full of joy, who is full of celebration, who is full of, of just pride uh, for for his very own, his flesh and blood. And I was thinking about that this week because when we come home, when we, it, when we come back to God, to me that, that's a picture of, of, of a modern-day uh, prodigal son story. You remember the story where the son goes and squanders off everything? And when he has every reason to not be accepted back, the father sees him off in the horizon and he welcomes him, and he brings him back, and he throws a party because he's so excited that his lost son was now found. When we come back into the saddle, 
when we come back to God, it, it's not God saying, where have you been, young woman, young man? But, but this is a picture of who God is. It's a picture of welcome home. It's a picture of you running around the bases again and God being so glad that you're back in the saddle, that you're back into His arms. This is who God is. This is who Jesus reveals to us who God is. This is God's reaction. You may have strayed, but God is proud to see you come back. God wants to see you come back, but that is your choice. And as long as you're here, as long as you have breath in your lungs, it's never too late to get back in the saddle. Come back today and be like the one that we read about this morning or heard about in the Scripture that Emily read from 1 Peter that says, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. So yes, you were wandering, but now you have returned. So may that be your story this morning. Maybe you felt like one of the, the Scripture in the Psalms that like a sheep you have gone astray, but let's be like First Peter today and say, but now I've come back. Now I am, uh, I am returning to the great shepherd. I am returning to Christ. So don't give up hope. Always remember that you matter to God. Please never, ever forget that, that you matter to God with everything. No matter how far you feel that you have strayed, no matter how much you feel that your sins are worse than the others around you that you know, forget all that. You are loved period, right where you are. And God calls us home. And God says, come back. Come back to me. It doesn't matter how far you've gotten off pace. God is calling you home today with love and grace. So I wonder, can you hear the voice of God today? And perhaps that voice is saying to you, come on home. Let's pray.